I'm so glad that you are with us. Thank you for coming and being in service with us at East Wind Pentecostal. Ezra chapter 3 and verse 10. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good. For his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house, referring now to the temple when it was built under King Solomon. When the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. People are weeping out loud, people are shouting out loud, and all of it was heard afar off. I'd like to speak this morning on this subject, the value of your voice, the value of your voice. Would you bow your heads and pray? Lord, we are thankful to be in your house today and thankful for the opportunity to declare your glory and your greatness. We ask that you will anoint hearts and minds to receive your word and anoint our lips to declare your word. And give all of us, Lord, this day a voice to declare your greatness. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. There are a few things as uncomfortable as a baby crying uncontrollably in a controlled space, like an airplane or a restaurant, or even a church. Regardless of what you may be talking about, it comes to a halt as the parent tries to console the child. And as uncomfortable as that may be, it is part of what God has given that child so that he or she can survive in a world that they have very little understanding or control over. Though they are just an infant, though they don't have total understanding of everything around them, they have a great capacity to cry out. And they use it to the best of their ability. A few years ago, my father and I were talking about this subject, and he said, you know, Babies cry out when they are hungry and when they are tired. And he said, it dawned on me that I'm pretty much the same way. 
He said, I'm pretty easy going, but I can make a fuss when I get hungry or when I get tired. I think that's true for all of us. It doesn't matter what age you are. You have a way of letting your voice be heard when you need something. Because God gave us a voice for a reason. And the reason is to use it. In this text that we read, we find the nation of Israel trying to rebuild. After years of captivity, their temple had been destroyed. Their city had been destroyed. The walls had been destroyed. They had been taken into captivity. Some had gone Babylon, Media, Persia. They had dispersed throughout these different heathen nations that had taken over. They destroyed everything. They didn't want Israel to ever believe that there would be a restoration of their faith. And they destroyed their temple. And then after years and years of captivity and years and years of this temple and this city and Jerusalem and the walls and everything lay barren, weeds growing up and rocks and wild animals and just total disarray, God began to give the nation of Israel favor with some of these heathen kings and people like Nehemiah that worked in the as a cupbearer for the king began to get favor and Ezra and others and the king started letting a remnant of the Jews or a group of them that had it in their heart to go back to Israel and to start to try to rebuild and so Ezra was one who was very focused on getting the word back in the hearts of the people of Israel. How many of you know that if you want to be restored, you've got to get the Word back in you. It's the Word that restores. It's the Word that rebuilds. It's the Word that rehabilitates. And Ezra was focused on the Word restored. And so they got a group and they went back and they began to lay the foundation in the very place where the temple had previously been built. They said, we're going to rebuild in these ruins. And when they had laid the foundation, now think about this for just a moment. It wasn't the temple was completed. It was just when the foundation was laid. They celebrated that. They didn't wait until it was completed. They went ahead and had revival in anticipation of what was going to happen. They got the trumpets. They got the cymbals. They started singing some worship songs that David had written. They started praising the Lord. They started singing that the Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever. The people started shouting. Can I say to you today, don't wait for the victory. Don't wait for the culmination of your answer. Don't wait for the completion before you start to praise him. Go ahead and do it now. I think there's a revelation in this. You and I ought to celebrate at the foundation. We ought to start at the beginning. We ought not to wait until it's all wrapped up and we get to heaven and we're walking on streets of gold before we have a victory party. We ought to go ahead and do it now. We've got the foundation. We have built on the gospels of the truth of the New Testament church, of the apostles' doctrine. We know what it takes to be saved. We know the name that is above every name. We've got a foundation for our faith. I say to you today, we ought to shout with the foundation. We ought to shout at the beginning of the recovery. 
The second thing that I want to take note of is that the elders that had seen the glory of the temple in its grandeur under King Solomon, they could not shout with the others. They wept. But the Bible says, and I love this, that they wept with a loud voice. If you're going to cry, you might as well go ahead and cry with a loud voice. If you're going to cry, don't just whimper. Cry. Let it out. My grandmother, on my mother's side, the Italian side, she was full-blooded Sicilian-Italian, and she learned to whisper in a sawmill. She would come into the back of our church. She's gone on to be with the Lord, but years ago when we had our campus down the east end of Palm Bay Road and my grandparents were alive, they would spend the winters down here with us and she would come to church and she would sit on the back row and when she came in, everybody knew it. She'd sit on the back row and she'd say, That's my grandson! Nunna, we called her Nunna. And she had a nickname for everybody. And once you got tagged with that nickname, it was going to be your name from then on, at least to her. And my mom told me, she said, you know, when you were a baby and you used to cry and I would get all worried, she said, my mother used to say to me, let him cry. It's good for his lungs. So if y'all wonder how come my voice is so loud, blame it on my Italian grandmother. Let him cry. It's good for his lungs. And these ancient men, I don't know who they were. The Bible describes them in a couple of categories. But even though they could not shout, because in their heart, they still remembered what it used to be. They had a passion or they wouldn't even have been there. They wanted to restore. They wanted to, but they were looking back and remembered how beautiful it used to be. And now it was just a foundation. But there was still a lot to be done and there were briars and there was a lot of unfinished areas of it. And so when they're having this big victory service, they can't shout over just a foundation because they had seen what it was before. But they still used their voice. They wept, but they used their voice so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Ladies and gentlemen, it would be a tragedy to be a church that never had any shouting. If all we were 
was a church that wept and cried all the time and talked about what it used to be, that would be a tragedy. I think sometimes you got to shout when you don't have anything but a promise, when you don't have anything but a foundation. You said, I'm going to get some victory anyhow. It's not done yet. It hasn't been completed yet. But bless God, I'm going to use my voice and shout now. We need to shout. I hope we don't ever get so sophisticated at East Wind that it's like coming to a library. I'm going to say this. This is graduation day, so I'm going to say this to the next generation. Because as long as I got breath, we're going to be Pentecostal. But when this crowd takes over, I want to say this. I hope we don't ever get so sophisticated and believe a lie from the enemy that when we go to church, we ought to all be whispering and walking around like we're in a funeral parlor somewhere. God help us. We ought to have a shout. He's done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, He's done for me. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. We need to shout. We were created to rejoice. But it would also be a tragedy to be shouting all the time and not have a prayer life. If we don't have prayer warriors and intercessors, then we can shout all we want. But we'll be missing the strength of our prayers to break down strongholds. We need both. We need shouters and weepers. We need praisers and intercessors. I thank God for some elderly sisters that know how to get a hold of God, that know how to pray. You may not always be able to shout. You may be going through something right now that don't allow you to shout. You see some of them folks that run the aisles. and You see some of them folks that shout out. But you can't do it right now for whatever reason. You've gone through too much. If you can't shout, at least cry out. Shout out later. But use your voice. Use it in the bad and use it in the good. This message is born out of a, a dream I was telling the earlier service this morning about a dream I had a few days ago. And I, in the dream, I walked into a, what, I, what appeared to be a church service. And everybody had on a mask. And I thought, well, this is awesome. This church is honoring, you know, social distancing and sanitary and protocol and and I was thankful for that and I walked in and everybody had on a mask and, and I sat amongst everybody and then as I sat there I realized they 
were faces, but they were like spirits because you could like put your hand right through somebody. It was no, not an actual physical body. It was like a whole bunch of spirits. And everybody had on a mask. And I didn't know what it meant. And I got up and I started to walk out. And in the dream, I felt the Lord stop me. I felt something grab my arm. And when I turned around, I turned around and looked. And it was a spirit, but it didn't have a mask on. It was like a glow. And I woke up. And I started praying. I said, Lord, what does that mean? And the Lord said to me, what's happening in the natural world only illustrates what's happening in the spiritual world. And I started praying and trying to get the revelation for what all this meant. And what the Lord began to impress me about is that in the spirit realm, we've all got out a mask. Because the enemy's trying to take our voice. So that you can't worship. So that you can't pray. So that you can't shout. I understand in the natural world we have to wear a mask. It's not a political commentary on whether or not to wear a mask in the natural world. I'm talking about the spirit world. Don't let the enemy mask your spirit. You ought to take the mask off your spirit and say, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that in me. I got a testimony. I got a song. I got a praise. Use your voice. Peter denied the Lord as he approached Calvary. And he was dealing with the guilt and the pain of that decision. When Luke records in the gospel that bears his name, chapter 22 and verse 62, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. I'll tell you something right now, you can't weep bitterly. And be silent. If you're weeping bitterly, you got some groaning coming out of you. I'm glad that Peter wept bitterly, he made the right decision. He did not allow the silence of his voice around that campfire to become the silence of his soul. Ladies and gentlemen, your soul will follow your voice. If you use your voice to rejoice, your soul will rejoice. If you use your voice to say, I will bless the Lord, oh my soul, then your soul will bless the Lord. Peter's fear was not fatal because he cried out. And because he wept bitterly, he was able to, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 14, to lift up his voice. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice. 
See, my friend, it's a short journey from crying loud to lifting up your voice. It's a short journey from the pain to the proclamation. in marriage counseling the problem is not yelling the problem is not crying women wish the men wouldn't yell the men wish the women wouldn't cry if there's crying and yelling God bless you that means there's life that's not the problem the problem is silence. The problem is apathy. The problem is when you don't feel anything anymore. If he's yelling, at least there's still some passion. If there's crying, at least there's still some emotion. When you just got apathy and there's nothing, you got problems. Because it's a short journey from being mad to making up. Stay close, honey. We may have to do a marriage seminar before it's all over. <laughs> but it's a long journey. From somebody blowed up like a toad frog that hadn't said boo to nobody for six weeks. It's a long journey to get that point to feel, to feel again, to get invested emotionally again. And the same thing is true with our spiritual relationship with God. If you just cry out, you'll be shouting. Before. If you're mad at God, tell him. Lord, I don't understand why this is going on. There's precedent for this all throughout Scripture. Lord, how come? I thought this was going to happen. I thought you tell him about it. You're not going to scare God off. Well, I didn't think she would talk to me. That's not how God works. The enemy wants you to die of silence. So that you don't say anything. You don't use your voice anymore. Say, I can handle this on my own. No, you're going to die the death of silence. Use your voice. Use your voice. If it's shouting, shout. If it's weeping, weep. Peter lifted up his voice and said to them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem. You ever wondered... How could he go from such fear to such boldness? You say, well, he got the Holy Ghost. That's true. But guess what? He never stopped using his voice. He even said, I go a fishing. Thank God he had an opinion. We don't ever get to the place where we're so vanilla that nobody can have an opinion. I don't like
like everything that's in the press either. But thank God we got a free press. Now y'all get nervous. I'd rather have the press and CNN and all them idiots saying something as opposed to being in Russia and the press being controlled by the government. At least they can say it. I don't have to believe it, but at least they can speak it. I pray to God, we've always got a voice. We've always used our voice. You men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken, 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 spoken by the prophet Joel. It's still reverberating throughout the scriptures. It's still reverberating throughout the ages because somebody declared it. This was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Not everybody has to be the same. The young men are getting it different than the old men. But everybody's involved. Some people are seeing visions. Some are dreaming dreams. I guess I'm in that old man category. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days. What days? These days. Those days are these days. I'm going to pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall meditate. They will practice yoga. Is that what it says? And they will climb up a big mountain in Tibet in a bathrobe and sandals and grow a long beard and contemplate the mysteries of the world and become one with nature. Is that what it says? It says they're going to prophesy. Have you ever tried to prophesy without using your voice? It doesn't work. You got to use your voice. While I'm on the subject, Pentecostal church is designed for class participation. I'm glad you're coming. I hope you keep coming. Because we need people like you that aren't afraid to stand up, get out in the aisle, say hallelujah. Come on, somebody. 
God didn't save us to be cemetery plots with faces. He gave us a voice. He gave us life. He gave us breath. All right, I got to hurry. In Acts 12, Peter is delivered from prison. And he goes to Mary's house, who they're kind of using as a little headquarters for the, the little church. It's just starting, you know. And they're all having a prayer meeting for Peter to be released from prison. And while they're praying, the angels go and release Peter from prison. So he's released by angels, and now he's knocking on the door. And as Peter knocked in the door, they got such a prayer meeting going, they can't hear the knock on the door. They don't have little ring, you know, video cameras back then. A damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. I don't know, she's either on the perimeter of the prayer meeting or she's in the courtyard with the kids or wherever. She's able to hear the knocking. And when she knew Peter's voice, it wasn't like, you know, ranger, stranger, danger, who's there? She knew it was Peter because she knew his voice. Peter's out there lifting up his voice again. He wept bitterly. He had a lot to say. He preached on the day of Pentecost. And now he's going, hey! Would somebody let me in? Rhoda's like, I know that's Peter. Now if I was Peter, I would have preferred that she come and open the door. But she didn't. The Bible said she opened not the gate for gladness. She should have been like, whoa, he's here. Open it up, Peter. Come in. They're praying for you to be released. They're not going to believe this. Come on. She didn't. For whatever reason, she couldn't shout at the moment. But she ran in. And told how Peter stood before the gate. At least she said something. Hey, everybody. Peter's at the gate. What? At least she told somebody. Have you ever wondered that you may be going through a test so God can give you a testimony? Tell somebody about it. You ought to say, hey, sometimes it's hard to pray for yourself. The Bible talks about that. The Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. But you know what? You ought to tell your brother or sister, you got a whole church here that'll pray with you. You ought to say, hey, I need some help right now. I believe my answer's at the door. But for whatever reason, I can't open it up right now. But if you'll help me. I know God has answered my prayer. I just need somebody to help me open the gate. I would have preferred she opened the door, but at least she told someone. And if she hadn't have told somebody, Peter may have still be out there knocking. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, don't suffer in silence. Don't die without 
a voice. Tell somebody. Cry out. I'm glad blind Bartimaeus cried out. Bartimaeus, the city council has been good to you. Hands for Healing International has helped you. But we got dignitaries coming to town, so we're going to move you over to the wayside. We're going to put you over there. We want to sort of scrub everything down and put the city in the best possible light. And they put him over there on the wayside. And he's blind. And he's on the wayside. And his eyes don't work, but his voice does. Sometimes you got to just use what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. He can hear him coming. I can hear him coming. Oh, I can tell Jesus is in the midst of it. Ooh, and the Bible said he cried out, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. He cried out so loud the secret service could hear him. They all come over there and said, Barnabas, now you're going to have to be quiet, son. We're going to take away your begging permit. You're not going to beg anymore. If you don't be quiet, you're going to have to keep quiet. You hear me? Not if you can hear me. All right, be on good behavior. And before they could get back to the crowd, the Bible said he cried out that much the more. We need some people that will cry out that much the more. Sure, the devil's knocked you down. Sure, the devil's tried to steal your joy. But you got a spirit that says, I got a bigger cry. I got a bigger praise. Keep coming. Don't come two or three weeks and quit on me. Keep coming. Your voice will produce victory. But your silence will produce spiritual death. After Barnabas was healed, you ought to read about it. The Bible said he became a worshiper. Because it's a short trip. Between crying out and praising out. I don't care what the devil's thrown at you. I don't care what kind of hell you've gone through this week. You're in the house of God. You got up and said, we're going to the house of God. Now that you're in the house of God... The devil says, I can still win if they'll just stay seated and don't use their voice. But you're here, you might as well cry out. You're here, you might as well shout it out. I feel my victory coming. I feel my praise. Give me five more minutes. I believe the enemy wants to take our voice. Now listen to me. This is important. 
If you give the enemy your ear, he will take your voice. I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to just let it sink in. If you give the enemy your ear, he will take your voice. If all you listen to is the world, you will lose your praise. If all you listen to are the voices of political pundits, talking heads, Hollywood stars, secular musical artists, you will lose your praise. Because if you give them your ear, they'll take your voice. You'll be afraid to say, God bless you in public when somebody sneezes in the next Walmart line. It used to be we'd say, God bless you. Now we go. Where's your mask? Oh, there ought to be a voice of shout of triumph from the camp of Israel. We ought not to be afraid to say Jesus anywhere we go. You ought not to be afraid to pray with somebody. If you give the enemy your ear, he's going to take your voice. But I feel something rising up in the church. We're going to keep on praising. We're going to keep on worshiping. We're going to keep on praying. If you give the enemy your ear, you will die without even a whimper. But I say to this great congregation and those of you watching my internet, don't let the enemy of your soul keep his knee on your neck and steal your voice because you made a mistake and now you're dealing with some guilt and some condemnation so the devil has convinced you you're going to go down to that church and start saying thank you Jesus praise the Lord and you're a hypocrite because I know what you did this week you ought to tell the devil get thee behind me you got to cry out you got to lift up your voice. The Bible says salvation is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. I don't think that it's the will of God. In fact, I know it's not the will of God. For young people to spend their lives with AirPods in their ears. And silence in your mouth. There was a time when you worshiped God. There was a time when you declared his word through Bible quizzing. But now that you're a teenager and you've got hormones going on and you've made some mistakes and you've looked at some things that you've not supposed to look at, the devil's trying to take your voice. I say to you today, you ought to get your voice. I'm still an overcomer. I'm still a child of God. I still got something to say. I still got to pray. Get your knee off of me, devil. I've got something born again. Stay standing. I'm done. I believe that what we see in our culture 
is just an example of what is happening in the spirit world. A virus that's killed more than 112,000 people in America. And it does so by taking the breath out of their lungs. The killing of George Floyd in Minnesota. All of this involved taking away the breath in their lungs. Shutting down their air. Because if the devil can take your air, he can take your life. There was a time when you had joy. But you've allowed a wounded spirit to take your joy. I feel something rising in the Holy Ghost today. I still got breath. I still got an opportunity to worship God. question to you today is are you going to shout are you going to weep are you going to say something or are you just going to die a spiritual death in silence because the enemy wants to keep you on a ventilator called sin give you a false sense of security that you will recover if you just let somebody else breathe for you. If I just let the church breathe. If I just let the family breathe. If I just let my parents breathe. I'll make it. No, my friend. You got to breathe. It's not enough to just be in an atmosphere of worship. You got to worship. It's not enough to just be in an atmosphere of prayer. You gotta pray. You gotta use your voice and say, I will not die in silence. The longer you stay on that machine, allowing something or someone else to breathe for you, the greater your chance of never getting your voice back. So say something. Get your voice back. Get your praise back. Weep, shout, cry out. Just don't be silent. Ladies and gentlemen, it was not by accident that Herod cut off the head of John the Baptist. Why? Because Herod's wife and daughter were being used by Satan. And they requested... John the Baptist's head on a platter. Why? Because the Bible said he was the voice. The voice of what cried in the wilderness. The devil thought if I could just take his voice. He thought he had won whenever the voice was taken from John the Baptist's father. stop this before it ever gets started there's a curse that goes with silence 
when little John the Baptist was born and the family said, what are we going to name him? Dad said, motion for a tablet. He hadn't been able to speak all those months. And when they got the tablet, he said his name shall be called John. When he did, the Bible said his tongue was loosed. My friend, you may not you may not know what to do, but if you could just call out to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now, Son of David, have mercy on me. There is going to be a release in the Spirit. There is going to be a release in your mouth, in your heart, in your soul. What was the message of John the Baptist? The message was a message of repentance. Repentance. And when you use your voice, you say, Lord, I don't deserve all of this, but I believe your word that if I would call upon Jesus, he would hear my cry. I want to declare your name today. Maybe it can't be in a shout. Maybe you're going through so much. But if you can just cry out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Satan lost with Zacharias. He lost with John the Baptist, but he thought he had him with Jesus. And when they rolled him and put him in the tomb and he took his last breath, he said, I got it now. But then nature started to respond because everything that's an offspring of the Creator has got a voice. But I were created in His image as a living soul. And He breathed upon us. The rocks begin to split. And after three days, he came up out of that grave and said, Grave, where's your victory? And death, where is your sting? And the Lord showed me this just a few days ago. The sting of death is silence. One day they're going to put me in the ground and I won't be able to teach a whole Bible study. I won't be able to sing. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I won't be able to lift my voice anymore. I won't be able to pray or cry out. I won't be able to preach any more sermons. I'll be silent. But while I have breath, while I've got a voice, God, I'm going to use it to glorify God. I'm going to use it to lift up the Lord. 
coming from your pew or you want to come forward, I want you to lift up your voice in a cry or in a shout. Use your voice. 